Welcome to Shedding Light Hunting Stories Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the hunting stories from the average Joe. I'm your host, Travis Williams. You're listening to Episode 1. Hey guys, welcome to the show. I don't know if you've ever been sitting around a campfire or maybe a deer camp and somebody starts to tell a hunting story. It might be the hundredth time you've heard it or maybe the first, but whatever the case, you stop what you're doing, you sit down, your ears perk up, and you listen to that story. And man, you enjoy it. It's almost like you're in the woods with that hunter as they tell it. You know, that's the power of a good hunting story and that's what this podcast is all about. So I just want to say, welcome to episode one. Glad that you're here with us. I want to introduce myself today. I'll tell you a little bit about what this podcast is and how it will work. Um, First thing I'll tell you is that I hope to keep these podcasts a little bit shorter so I won't ramble today. Um, A lot of podcasts out there are really good, but I've noticed that they go like over an hour. And if you're like me, you don't have that kind of time to listen to the whole thing. And that just bothers me. So (laughs) we're going to do a shorter podcast um, and all about the stories. Uh, Let me back up and just say my name's Travis. I live in southeast Ohio, uh, 32 years old at the time of this recording. I'm a happily married man. got three beautiful daughters and uh, just love life uh, here where I live. Um, Grew up hunting in these hills with my dad. Uh, My dad took me coon hunting whenever I was probably three or four years old. Uh, Loved deer deer hunting during gun season and um, was what I, I lived for growing up squirrel hunted a little bit and uh, recently I've gotten into turkey hunting and elk hunting uh, plan to go to Colorado elk hunting 2019 so excited about that but um, man I, I I love the bow hunt that's really been what's what's gripped me over the last 10 years learned how to do that and I uh, just love it. So I'll tell you more of those stories as we go along. Um, but this is really not about me. This is about you. This is about the average Joe's hunting story. And that's what I'm hoping to capture. I uh, will tell you I'm a part of a group called Shedding Light Outdoors. Uh, 2015, me and two buddies decided that we're going to start this group where we'll film our hunts and we'll write blog articles and we'll do pictures and all that fun stuff and just kind of see where it leads. It's called Shedding Light Outdoors. And you can check that out, sheddinglightoutdoors.com. YouTube, Instagram, and uh, Facebook. We're we're very active on there, but we don't we try not to bombard you with too much stuff. And we're not endorsed by anybody at this time, so you don't have to worry about product placements. We just use what works for us, and and we have a good time doing it. Um, we we have a passion for hunting. We say, and we also have a passion for the Lord, and so we just take those two things and put them together and shedding light. So that's the group. Let me get into how this podcast is going to work. Like I said, it's going to be a shorter podcast. It will be interview-based most of the time, and uh, we'll probably have some, uh, maybe have some celebrities, some pro people every once in a while, but primarily I just want to hear your stories. Um, We're going to have some themes as we go along, and so um, I just want to hear what your story is, maybe some lessons that you'll learn from it, and uh, we can just enjoy that. I hope that this is like just sitting around a cup of coffee or maybe sitting around the campfire, like we said, and uh, that's what this experience is like for you. Um, I will uh, take your suggestions if you have any. If there's a way I can make this better, you let me know, and uh, we'll do that. We're going to start out talking about deer hunting. That's what I know best, but we won't limit ourselves to that. We'll also talk about turkey hunting, elk hunting. Uh, we can talk about duck hunting. Basically, any type of hunting that has a story, uh, we'll tell it and uh, get to hear some of those stories. So here we go. We're going to jump into our first topic, and the first topic for these first few episodes is 
firsts. Uh, we're going to be talking about our first deer harvest, whether it be a buck or a doe. Uh, our guests will come on and tell those stories, and I think there's something neat going back and kind of reliving those first stories. Some of these guys that I have uh, are first-time hunters, so they'll tell that. Uh, some of these guys will be going back several years talking about uh, way back when they got their first deer. So that said, we're going to go ahead and get our first guest ready to roll. Uh, his name is Marco. Marco is a first-time deer hunter this year, and he has a remarkable story. So check it out. All right. I am uh, live here with uh, Marco Mercurbrada. Uh, did I get that? How close was I? It, it's pretty close to the authentic Eastern European okay. experience. Okay. Thanks, he, was, he, was, he was telling me before we hit record how to say that last name. Marco Mercobrada, uh, he is a physician from London, Ontario. Uh, I found out about Marco on SaddleHunter.com. He had shared his story there, and it is a fantastic story. So, uh, Marco, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, Travis. Happy to be here. (laughs) Good. So, Marco, tell us a little bit about, uh, just uh, give our listeners an idea about who you are. Uh, I just said where you're from, but uh, give us a little picture about uh, who Marco is. Yeah. So, I uh, actually, I was born in Croatia, and uh, just before the Civil War, we moved uh, to Canada in 89, and literally the first time I saw a squirrel, we grew up in a big city, the first time I saw a squirrel, or the fact that even animals run around the city just around, was in Canada, so it was crazy, right? And, you know, nobody in my family hunted or anything like that, and uh, me and my brother, I got, you know, I was 16, we uh, got my driver's license, we went, we started camping, just doing crazy stuff, you know, I didn't know what we were doing, and uh, and then when I turned 19, took the gun hunter course, and uh Bought a single, single shot break open, like four pound, 12 gauge gun. It oh, was wow. insane. It was insane <laughs> from Walmart, like around the corner. But, you know, so we were always interested in that, but never, you know, didn't have any mentorship or anything like that. And hunting was always very intimidating. We did some small game because that's kind of easy to get to. But the whole idea of, you know, like, what do you do with deer? You know, how do you do it or anything like that? We never did it. So did a lot of backcountry camping, you know, I do like 30, 40, 50 nights a year, year oh, round, goodness. winter camping and everything like that. So it was very outdoorsy. Yeah. And so, so how far back in are you going when you're going on those trips? Is it like way back in, uh, you know, uh, way off the path or is it close or what's oh, that no, like? No. Yeah. So we do like, we do trips in Algonquin, Tomogamy, so up north. Uh, so I've got three kids and all the kids have been like up, uh, you know, before they were a year old. So, for example, this year, I think I did four trips, five trips during the summer, just during, during the summer. The longest trip was with the uh, with the kids. We went about 60, 70 miles into the wilderness. So it was about a, a 150 mile round trip, 10 days, backcountry, canoe, everything. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so, That's you incredible. Know, and, Oh, it was great. You know, and, and the one, the other thing that I've been doing is I've been doing a lot of solo, um, solo tripping. So me and sometimes me and the dog and you go and it's, it's very peaceful and it's very interesting. But, you know, I've, I've always, you know, it, it, after about five or six days, novelty of, of the solo trip kind of, you know, you, you start missing your family and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But you're also, it's almost like you're needing a, a goal. It's not just completing the loop, but, you know, and, and, and as I've been doing these solos, you know, this would be amazing if I could, like, you know, focus or, like, you know, do some hunting or something. But no, no idea. So, so you know, and, and it was very intimidating to me because, you know, didn't have anybody. Now, when I was, like, 18 or whatever, we did the hunter safety course that's uh, here in London. But there's no real mentorship or anything like that. And then kind of way, it fell by the wayside. You know, went to university, went to med school, yada, 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 had kids. So 
all that stuff was always on the back burner. Right. But always wanted to, you know, always wanted to. So, so 10 years ago, I said, you know, Marco, you're like 30 now. Do what you want to do so, you know, you can do some archery. So I bought a stick bow and it was great. You know, it was very therapeutic. I was going like, you know, once a week, a couple of times a week and shooting some arrows and stuff like that. But again, you know, it was fun, but even at the 3D range, but I never felt that comfortable in terms of shooting an animal because I, I had never done it. You know, you never know. How are you going to react? Am I going to make a clean kill? And even how do you do it? So, so just kind of postponed and, you know, kids grew up. So now my oldest is 11 years old mm-hmm. and, uh, and last, you know, and then, you know, you, you got this impending feeling of urgency because now I turned 40. So this year... <laughs> You know, and, and you know, and you're thinking, well, what am I? You know, how does it feel? I don't feel any different. I'm still pretty goofy, yeah. and, and you know, but but I was like, you know, what am I gonna do? And you know, I've always wanted to do hunting, so I said, you know what? Don't be intimidated. Just, just you know, there's lots of books and stuff. I, I've got like I've got an entire bookshelf of hunting books. I've never gone hunting, but I've always read about you know E. Donald Thomas with the you know he's got the stick boy. He's got those great stories. And all these, you know, John Eberhard and uh, Chris uh-huh. Eberhard have got their books and I've got their DVDs. And I read all this stuff, but still, <laughs> you know. It's, it's taken that first step, right? It's taken that first step. And, and you know, I live in London. It's a city of 500,000 people. And it's all farmland around. There's not a lot of crown land. There's nothing. And, you know, not even because I, I moved here from med school and it's a lovely community. So we decided to stay here. Um, but you know, I don't know any farmers or anything like that. So, you know, where do you get land? How do you get access? And even that feels a little bit awkward. Yeah. So, so, so this, how, how did you do that? How did you find where you were going to go and get into the woods? Well, and, and here's the thing, you know, the, the one thing is, I think if you're a hunter and you say, you know, I have the capability of harvesting, of killing an animal and I'm confident in that. You can say, you know, you go out and, and, and you know, and you, you can knock on some doors. But even there, I, I felt like a fraud. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I'd be going to a farmer's door and, and you know, you're saying, uh, hi, man, please hunt on your property. And you're like, oh, do you do this before? Nope, never done it. I have no idea how it's going to go. <laughs> Maybe I'll shoot your dog. Maybe I'll shoot your children. Yeah. You know? so, uh, that's hard, so, uh, hard to have a good sales pitch there, I think. And, and, you know, because I, I, I had no idea what my expectations of hunting were. So how can I convey those expectations to someone who I'm asking their, you know, their permission to hunt their property? So in the end, you know, and, you know, and, and I've been here 18 years now in, in London. So you, you get some friends. So I, I finally you know I, I've been talking to a couple of people that I know and I've got from work that I know they're from farms. You know, I've been th- saying, you know, I really want to hunt. And a couple of people actually, you know, say, you know what, why don't you, well, you, you can come out, you know. And, and and I think it was easier with the bow because, you know, they said, well, I got these guys for the shotgun season and, and muzzle loader, but, you know, if you want to go come in before, you know, that's okay. I said, wow, that's very generous. But yeah, so, so you know, I I made the decision to just, you know, just give her. And, and I, uh, and on January 1st, I said, you know, what's going to start. And so the first scout of the, of the year I uh, I did some scouting on the land. I, I you know I looked at Google Maps. I got the top of maps. I looked at the layout of the stuff, and I I just started you know going to the to the property to the, the several properties. So I found some public land. Uh, it was about an hour hour and a half away, and then the, the 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 one farm, and just you know just started scouting these properties. Just going in there, seeing what the deer paths are. Um, 
and you know just kind of just just trying to trying to figure out what i'm going to do yeah um the one book that was really helpful was the uh the one about topo maps hunting deer on topo maps or something like that um and you know kind of identifying inside corners identifying funnels identifying you know the the ridges and that type of stuff um that was extremely helpful so you know I, I said, okay, let's commit. So once every couple of weeks, I go and I, I do scouting on these different properties, trying to see what the deer movement is throughout the year. You know, I mean, in, in February, I think, you know, they, 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 they do the deer herding. They go somewhere uh, where the food plots are. And so that was different. But I, it was basically based on where I thought the deer were. You know, I started clearing some trees um, in terms of the, uh, in terms of the, 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 where I thought where we're going to set up. And, the other thing that was awkward is that, you know, because it was going to be public land mainly, I, I didn't want to buy tree stands because you don't want to leave tree stands in public land and that type right. of stuff. And I had no idea about the saddle hunting. And I was like, I don't know. It seems crazy. So where, where did you where did you hear about saddle hunting from? Well, it was from the Eberhardt books, you know, oh, the, all right, yeah. uh, you know, from the and I had bought those books like five, ten years ago when I was, you know, kind of just considering doing this. But then the one thing that did it is that there's actually a stand set up in the uh, in the in the archery club. So I, I'm a part of an archery club for City Archers, and they have a stand set up there just to practice the uh, the you know the different angle shots. Mm-hmm. And it's a ladder stand. And when I went up there, and I was like, okay, but didn't feel all that comfortable. And didn't hadn't purchased the harness. And I said, you know what? All these guys are raving about saddle hunting. I'm going to do it. So I went and I, I purchased a saddle, just blind, just just went, you know what? I mean, there's all these guys saying great things. So I got the saddle and got it in like July. And man, it was beautiful. I felt like a little baby, like cradled, <laughs> cradled in there, you know, once you got the tether. Well, there, there are people that call it a diaper. I don't like that, you know, but there are those that say it, it is like a diaper that you're wearing there. So <laughs> only if you pee yourself, you know. <laughs> Cause it's, it's, it's the safety. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's not even the, it's like, yeah, you're, you're like being creative. And you know, once you're attached to the tether and then going back, I've actually gone back and I, I've climbed the tree stand a couple of times and man, I really feel unsafe in that thing. I, I mean, again, part of it is that, you know, I, you know, you, you need to wear a safety harness, but even just climbing up the ladder and it's all creaky and stuff. Ah! Yeah. So that, that was great, you know, and that opened up a whole bunch of opportunities because with the saddle, it was basically wherever I wanted to set up. I didn't have to leave a stand or anything like that. So I cleared some shooting lanes, but it was fairly minimal. Great. So and, you start, you start practicing yeah. out of the saddle. Let's let's fast forward to like opening days of season. Like uh, when when is when did season come in up there in, in so Canada? Opening days October the first, and okay. it was a miserable week. It was just a miserable week. Um, my secretary had me having some, some health problems, and uh, and it just it just didn't work out. But you know what? I was a little bit glad because. Uh, again, it was like three degrees. So it's like 35 degrees in rain for the first couple of two or three days. And, but I was dying to get out there. So first day was, I think on the Friday morning and I got up at four in the morning, I get everything ready and all my stuff's ready. I'm really excited. And I, I, I get in the car, I'm going to do the, uh, the one, the one public land. And you know, the wind looks pretty good. The typical winds out in the Northwest. So it's looking good. I think I know which tree I'm going to go to. It's in the bush. It's in the, it's on the crown land. And I get there and I'm driving about 15 minutes and you know, you three, you're, you're kind of excited. You know, I didn't, 
I didn't, I didn't, you know, I, I, I didn't even sleep that much. And mm-hmm. as I'm driving, I pick up some coffee and I'm thinking as I'm paying, I remember that I'm giving the lady the credit card. I'm like, this is like payment. I'm like deer tags. Where are my deer tags? Oh no. Home. So, so oh, you know, man. the great thing about driving at four thirty in the morning is that you make a Yui on the highway, and you know, there's nobody there, so that was easy. <laughs> oh, so I drove back home. Okay, now I'm like a half hour late, but by the time I get out there, it's like five thirty, and five thirty, and I'm walking through, and I got my bow, and I got everything, and I got the, I got the backpack, and I, I'm wearing my saddle, you know, so I'm wearing the saddle in there, and. As I get there, as I'm I'm going, I'm like, you know, because I had worn the saddle to prepare a couple of the trees. I had worn just just to test it out. I'm like, this feels different. It it feels like a lot smoother. Like I'm a lot quieter. And then I realized my tether. I'm like, where's the tether? I'm like, oh, there's no tether. Oh, so man. that day was. That, I mean, right that's off. and if you don't saddle hunt, like that's that's a must have. That's once you get to the top, you've got to hook that in in order to be in the saddle. So that yeah. is the rope that yeah. is preventing you from. <laughs> coming into contact with the ground from 20 oh feet so, so it sounds like so, you're off to a great start on this hunt that first day man um that was it that was the that was my first hunt ever and um but you know i was like it's okay because you know i felt what it was like to wake up at four in the morning and kind of get up there and get through there and i was like this is good so i hunted a couple more days three more days um i hunted uh all mornings um, because I wanted to get in there and a lot of the things, the way they were set up the, the, and with the wind direction, it was going to be that the deer were funneling in, in the morning, uh, from the feed from overnight. And I saw one deer about 80 yards away and you know, that was, uh, it was exciting. And you know, it's, it's like a cool thing. Like as you're sitting in there, you're setting up in the middle of the night and these, you know, so, so I, I knew the area very well by that time. Um, you know, you're kind of noticing things the other ways don't notice. Um, as the land wakes up, you know, you get that first light, yeah. you start hearing some birds, the coyotes start to start howling. The geese were really, really honking. It's, it's, it's amazing. And, you know, you think, you know, are you going to be bored? Are you going to be uncomfortable or anything like that? But it's actually, it, it's pretty magical when you get in there and just, just hanging out was, it was pretty cool. Um, so, you know, that was great, but you know, by that time, um, gun season here starts on November the 5th. And I knew that, you know, I, I got to get going um, because I figured after gun season, you know, there there's very heavy hunting pressures and yeah. especially public lands. And I mean, but everywhere, even the, the private lands. So, um, so I hunted on the Friday night and I remember that day. So what happened is I went in and it was the night. So I decided to do an evening hunt. I hadn't done that before. I got in there about two o'clock, set up didn't see anything but and then by the time it was about eight o'clock i decided to come down so i had a good set but really didn't see anything and as, as i was coming down the you know I, I i packed up my stuff as i'm walking through it's middle of the night now it's like 9 p.m the wind is really good in my favor and as i'm walking all of a sudden something massive like massive just just i hear something like 20 feet i don't know 20 30 feet away and then it snorts at me, and I'm like, "Wait a second! I've seen this on YouTube. This is a deer. <laughs> oh, it's an awful sound, isn't it?" Uh. <laughs> so it just—it's like the snortwees thing, and I stop. But the wind was in my favor, and I could—I could smell. You know, you can almost smell it. And and he stands there, and I'm standing there, 
and he snorts like maybe 10 more times. He doesn't know what's going on because it's, it's dark and, you know, there's bush between us. And I'm like, okay, I got to get going. So I took one step and then he takes off. And I was like, wow, that must be a big buck. Who knows what it was? But the next, so then I was motivated. I was like, there's, there's something big in the area. I probably scooped, spooked it, but that's okay. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do a morning hunt the, on Sunday morning. Let's see what happens the day before gun season. So I get up and it was going to be about 30. No, it was about 25 in the mid twenties for you guys. So like minus three uh, Celsius, everything's frozen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I get in same thing four in the morning, I get in four 30. I'm there, uh, four 45 and, uh, and you know, I get everything. And the last, the last hunt, um, when I was sitting, it was actually getting chilly at night. So I, I put on some more, I put my big boots on the, the, the like the minus 70 boots and everything else. And as I'm walking, it was really much different because it's actually a lot darker at five in the morning. And the thing was that that day the storm was coming in. So the reason I hunted this area was because um, this, the wind totally shifted from northwest down to the southeast. So it was a new spot for me that I hunted that one. And I hadn't been there since June. But I, the way was the the funnel was right there and it was funneling and the wind was so perfect for it because it just went, just grazed across the funnel. So I knew the way they were coming, it would have been like a beautiful wind. At least what I had read about. I mean, who knows what's in practice. Yeah, right? yeah, you you yeah. really don't know, you know. It's one thing to be on paper and then, and then to actually Absolutely. be in the stand, it's different, yeah. Right? <laughs> so then the deer are out and, you know, and I have to go and bushwhack. And, and at that point... You know, I had almost given up because I hadn't gone through this area for three or four months and I hadn't made a path or anything like that. It was, it was kind of far. It was about a mile away. And and it was all frozen, but it had rained heavily for the last couple of weeks. Twice I had sunk into my knee and it was the same foot. Thankfully, it was. I guess it, was, it would have been the same, but the one foot was just drenched with water and everything's crinkling. It's like mid-20s. I'm like, oh, man, all right, well, I, I had a day before gun season. All right, I got to do this, you know, we'll see what happens, whatever. So I get to the stand, and the one foot's drenched. I'm like, okay, we'll get, well, not to the stand, but to the tree. So I climb up the tree, and, you know, I get settled in, and and then, and then the forest starts waking up. So, you know, that's always, I mean, it's just beautiful. And this the storm's coming in a bit, so, you know, the sky's kind of red and purple, and the geese are honky and I'm, I'm kind of sitting there and I'm like all right this is good and then about 80 yards away because you know the, the the tree cover is getting thin I see something I'm like nah it's gotta be a squirrel and sure enough <laughs> it's, a, it's a deer I'm like holy cow and then I look over and I'm like sure enough, it's a buck I'm like whoa this is crazy yeah if I read enough books I think he's gonna come through the funnel and I'm right there. So I'm like, all right. So let's see what happens. So as he, you know, as he, he takes his time, he licks a couple of branches, he pees a couple of times, but he's kind of making his way steady. And he's about 20, 30, well, he's probably about 30 yards away, but he's coming kind of straight on. And and you, st- and you still have stick bow, right? You still have long bow. No, 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 no. Oh, so the one thing I did was I didn't feel it was fair to the animal. I, uh, I switched to a crossbow. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. I switched to crossbow because that was, that was my one commitment. And I said, you know, I don't, because I had never done this before. I, 
I didn't feel it was fair to the animal to, I mean, I could hit a plate at 20 yards, but could I hit a plate while hanging from the saddle at 20 yards uh, in a I had never been in before? I said, you know what? I don't feel comfortable with this. Oh, well, that's, that's honorable though. That's awesome. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, you know, it, it, it again, I did not think I was going to use this thing at all. So <laughs> it was all, these are all hypotheses here. All right. But, so this, but, this know, buck's coming in. Sorry, I interrupted he's you. He's coming in. And, and I see where he's going to go. It's, it's right in front of me, you know, it's like 10 yards away. And, and it's like, he knew, I mean, the wind wasn't in it, but he knew he just, he wasn't even spooked. He just looks, he's kind of, ah, I think I'll go this way. And he, he just takes three steps to the side and goes into the corn. And it was, it was on the edge. There was a cornfield on the edge about 15 yards away. And, and he was there and, you know, I could, I saw him and I mean, I'm, I've got a crossbow. I could put this thing on two inch, two inch circle at 40 yards easily, but I had a mechanical broadhead, which, you know, I had shot, but not with a, not, not an animal and certainly not through brush, not through corn. And I can see him and I can frame him, but I'm not going to take that shot. And it's like the six point buck. And I was like, you know what? This is an incredible experience. And, you know, he walks 15 yards and then like 15 yards downstream, he again gets back on the path and walks away. And I'm looking at him and, and you know, he's like 20, 20 yards, but he's just right. I'm not going to shoot an animal that's got his bum towards me. So, right. So, you know, I was like, all right. And then at that point, I feel, I, I, I feel this weird sensation and my hands start shaking. I was like, well, this is odd. And then I get full body rigors, full body, uncontrollable, just shaking. I'm like, okay. And I guess this is buck fever. Yeah. It's it's a good thing you're like tied to the, you know, you're tied to that saddle. So you're still hanging in there. (laughs) Well, yeah. Cause like my arms, my, my whole body's shaking and I'm trying to calm myself down. I'm going, I know what's going on. Marco, you're excited. Calm down, man. Calm down. So, you know, I'm like massaging my neck. I'm doing deep breathing. I'm like, okay, so 10 minutes of this. I'm still shaking. Uh, it's, it's like beyond my control. So I'm like, okay, I got some hot chocolate. Let's take some hot chocolate. So I unscrew the thermos. I pour some hot chocolate. I put it back in the pack. And I take a sip. And as I'm taking a sip, you know, you put the cup to your mouth and I look at the cup to make sure I don't spill all over myself and I look past the cup and like seven yards away is a four point buck. Oh man. And I have literally, I just poured hot chocolate and it was great. I was like, Marco, you're going to sit in the tree whole day. So make it really extra hot. So it was boiling. So I look at this hot chocolate. I'm looking at the bucket. He's like taking his time. Super quiet. Didn't even realize he was there. So I, I'm like, okay, you're going to have to drink this. So I chug. I take a sip and it burns my entire tongue. <laughs> my tongue is now blistering the inside, the roof of my mouth. You know, you got that. Like you can feel the skin peeling off. And I'm oh, like, no. okay, I can't finish this cup. But now it's like three quarters full. So I bite the cup with my teeth. And I'm holding the cup in my teeth. This buck is quartering away at like nine yards now. I pick up the crossbow. The cup is still in my teeth. 
I'm trying not to spill <laughs> boiling liquid, and I'm not even worried about my pants or my groin. I'm worried about hot chocolate dripping down and him catching it. So I've got I got a cup, and I'm trying to shoulder the crossbow, and I've got this cup, and and I'm trying to get the sight picture. The thing I could have thrown a I could have thrown a rock at it. It was right right there, and. And and I'm like, get the sight window, get the scope, get the scope on it. And I can kind of, but you know, the eye relief is all different because there's a large cup of hot chocolate. Between yeah, you me. don't you don't practice with a, a cup of hot chocolate. You know, <laughs> I've seen in the movies they do the one handed crossbow shot, you know, yeah. gangster style. But so I let that deer go as well. And oh, and there's, this there's your first your first encounter this close. You have two deer this close. They walk by. So what are you feeling after that? So the shakes at this point, yeah. I knew it was coming. So the shakes come and the shakes were there for like 10 minutes. And, and that was it. I thought that was my season. I said, you know, this is incredible. Obviously you've learned a lot, not to drink hot beverages in the, in the, in the saddle <laughs> to listen better, to control your body, you know, but I, I, I thought, you know, this is it, man. You know, you could, this is, you know, the gun season's coming the next, then tomorrow. And this was amazing. What an incredible learning opportunity. You know, I, I, I did the scouting, but you know, at the same time, I was like, you know what? I mean, look, it wasn't brains and it wasn't beauty that got me through med school. It was persistence. So I was like, you're going to sit here and you're going to think about things and you're going to look for coyotes and squirrels and there was these beautiful little birds they were tripping around and you're just gonna take it easy and you're gonna calm down you're gonna sit here till you know the afternoon and you're not gonna drink anything like the rest of the day <laughs> so, you well, your, tongue, your tongue's burn anyway so it was it was ridiculous so you know and i just sat there and i said you know just be calm and sure enough 20 minutes later the biggest of the three bucks uh eight pointer comes out and he came, I, I didn't even hear him until he was 20 yards away. Uh, it, it's, it's remarkable that this is such a large animal, you know, and he, he actually came from a bit of a different, he didn't use the funnel. I think he went a little bit, he, he must have almost winded me because he was almost downwind for me. It was just kind of right along that. And then he hits the trail. And, you know, I mean, I think if I had shot at the other one of the other two bucks, they would have gotten spooked. But, you know, he probably smelled the other two bucks that had just come before him. Um, and he just sauntered right there, um, at, you know, 12 yards or something like that. Now, the only thing is that, and, and, you know, I was ready, I was ready. And this is the thing, the, the crazy thing about the shakes is I'm perfectly calm beforehand. And, and, you know, I'm doing the deep breathing. I see him, he saunters through quartering away shot. Bam. Got him. Now, got him. I didn't know if I got him or not because what happens is that I pull the trigger and I follow through, but the, the crossbow is a loud B uh, extremely fast and has, I mean, it's incredible how much energy these things have because oh, yeah. it's a bit of a recoil. So, but I was, I mean, I put it right on, you know, what they say bottom third right there mm-hmm. now. And I just stood there for about five seconds. He, and I watched him, he, he did the kick and then he ran about 40, 50 yards along the trail and then just went into the brush. And I was like, whoa. And then the shakes start and the shakes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Were they bigger this time? 
bigger. There, it, you know, and what it is is it wasn't just the privilege of having shot at this animal. It was also the uncertainty of whether or not you you hit the animal properly and what's going to happen. And you know, all that anxiety combined with the adrenaline. And and this time I just let it go. Uh, I was like, all right. Let's see where this goes. So I was I was shaking for like 15, 20 minutes. And <laughs> and then, um, and you know, but then, then there's that, I mean, I'm not relieved. Yeah. I hit him where I wanted to hit him, but I'm not relieved. So I, you know, I, I say, okay, well, wait for another 20 minutes. So I just st- stood there and I waited. And then I came down the tree. And there it did a path through, pass through. It was a mechanical uh, rage hypodermic. And it opened up and there was blood. Uh, right there, uh, you know, I mean, big, you know, it, the, the arrow was covered in blood and it was nice, bright, red, bright, so, red blood. So are you feeling like confident or unsure at this point or what's, what's going through your mind as you're looking at this arrow? I'm feeling confident that the animal's going to die yeah. at this point. Right? So I know that this was not going to be something that's, that's going to be survivable, but I had never <laughs> tracked a deer and I mean, there's, like a chapter in the book is that, de- you know, in the book, you've got like four chapters dedicated to what kind of a gun, bow, whatever you're going to pick. You have 18 different chapters on different types of scents and whatever. And then there's like half a chapter is tracking buck and half a chapter is dressing a buck. And it's not the most glamorous, you know what I mean, right? Yeah. Like there is not glamorous YouTube videos on how to track a buck. No. No. In fact, on TV, they kind of skip over that part typically. It's just kind of all of a sudden they're behind this deer and he died in a way where he's like framed up like a picture somehow. So <laughs> Right. So, so this is all, you know, I mean, from like, I'm like, yeah, I got this animal. I know that the animal is going to die. But I'm like, I think what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to look for the blood, never get off the blood trail. And we go from there. But, you know, I knew I had to hit him, but I was like, you know what? Because he ran, and I didn't hear a crash, and it was a big buck. It was, it, was, it was a big animal, and I was like, you know what? Just calm down. Let the buck chill out. So I, uh, I went the other way, and I went to my car. Uh, I wanted to give him, like, a whole bunch of time. I went to my car. Um, my foot was now frozen, so <laughs> one that yeah. fell in. So, so, so and it was heavy. There was, like, a gallon of water because they were big boots. And I didn't want to take the boots off, you know, because of the scent and whatever. Who knows what kind of smells are in my boots. So, oh, yeah. so, so there's like ice encasing my left foot now. I'm like, all right, this is either going to fall off or I'm going to change. So I had to change of clothes and, and I, I sat there thinking about life. And, and then I came back and I started tracking the deer. And, you know, there was, um, there was a couple of things that are in my favor, um, one, one of my buddies from the, from the archery club said, you know, I said, oh, you know, it sounds like it's going to rain. It's really good. You know, um, you know, the deer are going to really be moving. And, you know, he said, Marco, you know, you've never done this before. Don't go out in the rain. Cause if the blood trail gets washed out, you're going to have enough trouble following the blood trail. If it gets washed out, you're going to be in big trouble. Don't mm, do it. Advice. Yeah. Good so, advice. You know, I, I thought, and, and that's why I didn't go a couple of days because, you know, even in a drizzle, and sure enough, you know, I mean, these there was a blood trail. And there was a good blood trail in terms of, I mean, it wasn't, you know, there was like three or four drops every couple of feet. But he went down and then he went into the bush. 
Mm. And then he went through some more bush. And then, and I had GPS tracked it, so I was tracking myself on GPS. About 150 yards in, there's a big spot of blood, big blood red, uh, bright red blood, maybe a foot in the diameter. And I was like, okay, almost any time now. And then another 100 yards. And at this point, you know, it's through fairly thick bush. And I was like, it can't get any worse than that. Well, then he goes into the swamp. Oh, my goodness. There's a good, well, because it rained, there's a good foot of water. And, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a hardwood forest, and all the trees, the leaves had fallen, and there's just a small, so the blood drops, and they drop down, and you can see, because the buck had passed there about two hours, two or three hours, so the, the, the blood drops, you can see them there, but there's also red maples, and there's this red maples, and this, so I'm on my hands, like a monkey kind of crawl. <laughs> Because I can't go on my knees because there's water. So I'm like hands and feet. And I'm like my face is two inches away from the water trying to see which way we would have gone. So we go through that one swamp. 350 yards later, there's another big pile of blood. And then there's another swamp. And then there's a creek. And at this point, it's been two hours and I'm tracking this deer. I mean, but the blood trail is not letting up. And I was like, you know what? You're going to be persistent and you're going to do what's right for this animal, right? And then 500 yards down at the end of a third swamp, and this was maybe 50, 60 yards, it taken a left and it took me like a half hour to get through 50 yards. Just on the on the edge of that, he was uh, he was there and he was just lying dead. And, oh, man. And that is when, you know, uh, it, it, this combination of relief, fulfillment, um, pride to some extent. Yeah. Uh, but mainly relief. Yeah. You <laughs> found them. Relief and joy. You know, there is not that feeling of walking up to an animal that you had harvested, that you killed, and he's there. And, you know, at that point, it's a fulfillment of, I mean, the year's work that and luck and you know and just circumstance and you know you're thankful to the animal you're thankful for everything and 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 there that's that's when that was that was one of the greatest moments of my life oh wow that is a great story man from start i mean the the time that you put in at the start and reading and I mean, that is incredible to spend that amount of time. And then you just made a lot of really good choices there for, for your first deer. There are so many mistakes I would have made in that, those circumstances. So good job. I <laughs> think, awesome. you know, honestly, I think 10, 20 years ago, I would have been way more gun ho But yeah. my expectations were so low. And my, because I was like, you know, it happens, happens. And, you know, I mean, no matter what, it's going to be fun. Um, yeah. My expectations were low. And I think... Uh, my confidence and you know, you, you, I, I was, I, I, I just try not to be overconfident. I think that's what, you know, you try and be conservative because ultimately I, the last thing I wanted was for my first year to, you know, die somewhere in the, in the, in a Creek bed or something like that and not, not harvest it. Right. Wow. So. That's great. Well, Marco, what, what advice would you give to a person uh, that's getting into hunting? So this is your first year doing it. You were successful, get an eight point buck. Uh, what would you say was the main things that led to that? What what advice would you give to a, a person wanting to get into this? Well, I think one, if you're not doing it, just do it. 
right? Because I waited. I mean, I, I think I, I waited 20 years, right? Yeah. 20 years in the making. And I think if I had done it as a 20-year-old, you know, by now, boy, this would have been something. Um, so so that's, that's one. I think get, you know, get on it. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I mean, YouTube, because, you know, I mean, 20 years ago, 1997, when YouTube was just starting, you know, there was none of the, 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 the resources we have at our hands are incredible. Yeah. Uh, in terms of topographic maps, in terms of Google Earth, in terms of the YouTube, uh, in terms of the books, is just you know I'll just go on YouTube and 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 also the 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 uh, forums. You know you can ask for help, but more most importantly, I'd say just just do it. The worst thing that can happen is you have a great time in the woods <laughs> and you get to meet a whole bunch of really awesome people. Uh, you know, in terms of hunters who are, you know, who are actually fairly willing to help you. You know, that's the other thing that I would say is that um, I always, um, you know, you're you're always thinking, well, you know, people who hunt, they're going to, you know, they're either going to look down upon me because I don't know what what I'm doing or they're going to be very protective in terms of their, in terms of, you know, their secret spots and these types of things. But, you know, I asked a couple of people, they're very, they're very generous with their advice. They're very generous overall. I think if I'd asked them to come along on the hunt with, you know, they, they would have said yes. Uh, but, you know, I, part of it was that I wanted to see if I can do this myself. It was kind of like a lifelong dream. So, you know, that type of, it, it was fun. So, you know, I'd say the two, two pieces of advice are, you know, um, just do, just start, right. Just yeah. go up, have a great time in the woods and, and you know, make some friends. That's yeah. pretty much the same as advice in life. Yeah. Go out there and make <laughs> be nice to people. That's solid advice, man. Well, thank yeah. you so much for sharing your story. I, I whenever I read that, I was captivated. Thought it was amazing uh, the year that you've had. And uh, I mean, I'm excited to hear some hear what hear what next year has in store. You plan on oh, you're planning on going out again, right? Not just that. You know, my brother's in Alberta. Yeah. And. Uh, uh, he, he's been doing archery, but he's never hunted and we're going to go for elk in, uh, in the Rockies. Not just that we're going to white tails, we're going to go for elk in the Rockies. Probably that, mule deer as well, but, uh. That's cool. I'll, I'll talk to you about that a little bit more after we get done recording here. <laughs> yeah. I, I could spend some time on that, but man, thank you so much for sharing the story. I really appreciate it. Anything else you want to add there at the end? Anything I didn't ask you? No, that's, uh, deer are a lot heavier than they seem. And I thought I was going <laughs> to oh, shoot a 90 yeah. pound doe, but it took me two hours to drag it out. Oh, I bet. So, I bet. yeah. Well, but Parker, yeah. Thank you, man. Thanks very much. I appreciate it. Pleasure, buddy. Thanks for inviting me. All right. There you go. First podcast is in the books. And what an awesome story from Marco. Um, just love talking to that guy. Loved his enthusiasm. And just, uh, man, the, the year that he had getting ready and all the things that led up to this. So, Really cool story. Uh, hey, if you like this podcast, go ahead and hit subscribe for me. Also, uh, if you'd give me a five-star, that would be great. If you can't give me a five-star, let me know why. Uh, I'm going to be working on the quality and trying to get things better as we go. I appreciate your patience. But also, um, if you have a story that you would like to tell, I would encourage you to send that over to me. Uh, send an email to sheddinglightod at gmail.com, sheddinglightod 
od at gmail.com. Let me know what your story is so I can kind of fit that in with upcoming themes, and I'll be in contact with you. would love to hear more of those stories as we go. Uh, be sure to subscribe and uh, check us out on YouTube, Shedding Light OD there, and Shedding Light Outdoors on Instagram and on Facebook uh, for more content that we provide. So thank you for checking out this podcast, and remember, shed the light.